Welcome to the Sleep Roundtable podcast. Each week leading up to the 10th annual Sleep Roundtable, I'll be chatting with one of this year's renowned industry expert speakers. If you haven't already, be sure to get registered for the roundtable. It's the leading dental sleep conference for sleep dentists and their teams. And it's in Dallas on October 7th through 10th. Go to sleeproundtable.com to get registered. Now sit back and get ready to learn a thing or two in preparation for this year's highly anticipated sleep roundtable. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Jessica Emery. She's a cosmetic dentist who's not only built a beautiful dental practice and dental marketing empire, but works to build up women in the field of dentistry and help them tap into their own potential, dream big, achieve whatever they want to do. Man, I'm just fascinated with what you've done in your young life. And I'm, I'm talking young. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, you're the founder of the Sugar Fix Dental Loft and White Hope Teeth Whitening Bar. But those are both in Chicago, right? You're in, you're in Chicago? I was in Chicago. Yes. So I sold my practice. I kind of relocated on a quarantine dream, if you will, and relocated myself to Charleston, South Carolina. Ah, okay. I sold my dental practice on a DM on Instagram, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) That's going to give some people some ideas. Right? This is what I'm talking about. But you're the founder of Dental Soiree. That's a, a boutique branding and marketing agency. You founded and run the Dental Girl Gang, all about the women, community and for women in dentistry. You're the host of the Dental Diaries podcast, so you're an expert at these things. <laughs> and on top of that, you run your own virtual fitness accountability group, Smiles and Sit-Ups. You're going to have to tell me a little bit about that for sure. Yes, yes, so, yes. W- welcome to the podcast for the roundtable. So how do you do all this stuff? Really? What? How do you have time? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, something needed to bust. I really didn't didn't see it, um, but it wasn't really until quarantine happened when I was able to, you know, spinning all the plates, if you will. And obviously, you know, when you're spinning a lot of plates, you're not getting anything done like really, really well. I mean, of course, I was in the practice when I was doing my dentistry. I was laser beam focused on my patients and, and the dentistry I was doing. But around that, I was trying to serve you know, all of these dentists and in marketing and do all these other things. So it wasn't until quarantine happened um, that, you know, had to shut down the practice. And I went running to my, so I had three brick and mortar spaces, um, my white hot teeth whitening bar, sugar fix dental loft, and then dental soiree. Dental soiree I was never able to be at or really spend time at. So my team was there, but I was always at sugar fix doing the dentistry and I was the visionary. So I would tell them what I was thinking or where to go, you know, they do the things. And I had to close my practice. And so I went running to Dental Soiree, which is this gorgeous timber loft. And I said, I've got dentists to serve. Dentists aren't working. No one's working. And so I built a dental brand boot camp and, you know, a Get Social Playbook and all these things. And I had 40 dentists that I Zoomed with every day um, talking about, you know, branding and marketing their practices and really thinking out of the box when it comes to dentistry. Um, because I had grown my practice as a startup fee-for-service, 100% collection practice to over seven figures working under, you know, three days a week, taking eight to 10 weeks vacation um, a year. And that was really through doing what I did, which is why dentists were asking me, how do I do that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So where, where did you go to dental school? I went to Tufts in Boston. Oh. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, so how long did it take you to build that dental empire there? The just the dental practice, I should say. Uh, dental practice. So I actually, after undergrad, um, did dental assisting for my mom was a dentist. So my mom and I were the first mother daughter to graduate from Taft, which is kind of cool. Um, a lot of father sons, but we were the first mother daughter. And basically I took the long path. I loved to party <laughs> kind of being a social butterfly, you know, that I am, I did, um, a year and assisted my mom. Then I went to Forsyth Dental Hygiene, became a dental hygienist. So I did two years of that um, and then practiced for a year and then applied to Tufts. So I went to Tufts a little bit later, um, got out, worked for my mom for a year, and then knew I wanted to do my own thing, fell in love with Chicago on a weekend visiting and decided to move. And my mom was like all for it. So I headed out. I started as an associateship with another practice that knew I always wanted to do my own thing, found my space, and then built my startup. Um, I knew out of the gate that I wanted it to be fee-for-service and was told by many it would never work. Um, you know, Chicago's very saturated. I had five dentists outside of my door. And, um, but I really had a, had a really strong vision for what I wanted. And that was the boutique, do things very differently. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to do cosmetics. And similar, similar to you doing sleep, you know, it's, it runs a right. yeah. Yeah, similar vertical. Well, so what created that spark? What, what caused you to move into women in dentistry and for you to want to create a space for them? I hear you. I understand. I've got four daughters and no sons, four grown daughters. And one of them is in an oral surgery residency. And, I'm, and she's the only female in the whole group. And I'm concerned, right? She's in her second year. And so what, what is your message to women? And then how did you develop that passion for helping women in dentistry? I think over the years, it was just the amount of women that have reached out to me through social media and actually continue to do so. You'd be amazed at the messages I get, like, how did you get out? Um, the amount of stress that women carry. I mean, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. It's like, you know, we as women, I mean, this is, this is a harder topic, but I mean, I think even with our teams, we become friends and, you know, we're with men, they can kind of create this distance, the, the emotional component. We have babies, we're, we're pregnant. We don't take any time off, right? We, we, as a solo practitioner, have to be right back and working. Um, there are so many things, but I think just so many women reaching out to me for help for, I actually started Dental Fluence. I coach now. Um, and mentor women. I have the happiness, uh, RX mastermind, put your oxygen mask on yourself, you know, one to many versus one to one, because I have found that that many women out there are really just kind of struggling to wear all the hats, like the plates, like I was speaking to a right. little bit, you know, yeah. we don't learn in dental school, how to be a leader an accountant, you know, all of the things and then throw mom into the mix. And they're really struggling with the work life balance, which, we know doesn't truly exist, but you know, we do get to decide what we want. And as practice owners, that's the beauty is, you know, you decide what you want to do, how you want to run your practice and all that, but you do have to decide to be a leader and lean in to that. Yeah. That daughter of mine in dentistry is having a baby in November. So speaking of wow. tossing around several plates, yeah, they, they encouraged her, her doctors there said, listen, if you want to have a baby, don't, you're never, it's never going to be the right time. Just go ahead and do it now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did my, I had my babes back to back at 36, 38 and 40. 
like right when I was doing my startup, like 35, I think is when I did my startup, when I, you know, started because I had taken that longer path. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. There's the timing. I say that to women all the time. You know, they're like, I'm just going to wait. And I said, you don't even know like how long it will take. So just right. The timing is never going to be exact. You just you fit that little babe in into it and then you you figure it all out. So, yeah, I admire women that do it. So I'm, I'm glad you're out there helping them. Yeah, thanks. It's been really rewarding. Um we have a social circle, which we kind of look at all of those, the pieces of the pie, so to speak, you know, from career and social life and, and really just constantly look at them and create a vision around what we want in our lives and, and kind of go after those things just to kind of create as much balance as we can. Um, I'm obviously, I'm a big visionary at anything. I've kind of like had a vision around like the whitening bar, for instance, that was something that was sketched out years prior to doing that. Well, you obviously, yeah, you've, you've, you've got this vision for whatever you want to do, and then you go chase it, and, and marketing is always a part of that, right? So you, I know that you're really good at marketing. Now, in sleep, you know, a lot of our doctors, they just don't like to do external marketing. Uh, we, we struggle with the best way to market for sleep. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, we know that creating relationships is important with physicians. We depend on sleep physicians and cardiologists and ENTs, different specialists to refer patients to us. But that's not the easiest thing to do either. Do you have any thoughts on what maybe dentists can do in, in our field, at least? I mean, this is who's going to be coming to the roundtable that you're speaking yes. at. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but they also have dental practices, too. So mo most of them have dental and sleep as part of what they do. There's very few that only do sleep. So I right. think your message will be able to help everybody. Well, the thing is, is that, um, and I know several dentists, right, that love the sleep and the sleep is part of their bigger practice because they're like, my overhead, like how will I make it work, right, if I go all in? And this goes back to creating the vision around that one thing you want, like I said, and kind of leaning into it. I have found that Instagram as a free platform is such an opportunity to start storytelling because storytelling is story selling. And there is nobody that out there, right? That has more stories that are compelling than you in sleep apnea, because this can break up relationships, you know, marriages and things. I'm sure you have so many stories in your you know, in your pocket um, that you could tell that would relate, be so relatable to other people that are searching because they don't know where to go, what to do, how to, how to handle it. Um, and so I definitely think that social media would be amazing. And for those that either just do sleep or want to just do sleep to hone in, you know, avatar wise on that one thing. And yes, you can do all the other things and people know them as a general dentist, but like we specialize in sleep. Sleep is our passion because what is your why? You know, and it really revolves around creating a framework. And yes, dentists are like, oh my God, it's just more work. And I don't have the time. And I don't know how to do the thing. But the train has left the station. And I'm here to tell you that this has to become as important to your practice as a team huddle. Like where people are living today, where people are making their buying decisions, it is on, it is on the phone. And 
that my practice, I had parents calling me with their credit cards all the time for their 20 something year old kids that had decided through Instagram that I was going to be their dentist to do all the things that they were scared to do with somebody else. Um, but I believe as a sleep doctor, I really, I have stories in my life about people around me. We all have a story that could relate to something. So versus putting up stock imagery of a sleep appliance that no one's going to pay attention to, <laughs> right? Like, I bet you there are patients of yours that would love to give a testimonial or tell their story as well, right? And other people may want to keep it in their pocket, the, the introverts versus extroverts, but, and that's okay. But I'm sure you could still, you know, you could still kind of write it out and put just their, you know, their first name on it. But that is how you create a connection and like I said, to me, like I said, I, that is how I grew my practice with cosmetics and smile designs and even more so on a deeper level, like sleep all day um, with people that are snoring. And, you know, even just to speak to the and my apologies, because I, I didn't do sleep, so I, I don't. But I do know that it, it proves their their life uh, it, it takes years right off of. Um, yeah. It does. You know, you're saving lives. I just feel like you could make so much more impact by using these platforms. Yeah, I think it's easier for us to do, obviously, than than dentistry. I mean, we can we can be really dramatic and we all have stories and our patients have stories. And yes, I could list you a hundred stories. Every month we get tons of stories. And, and we, yeah, I agree. Videos are very powerful, but we are really sucking at Instagram. We don't do Instagram. So that's something that I think a lot of doctors come into this and team members. If you, if you really teach us how to use Instagram to market our practice, if you've done that well in your own situation. We, I have a signature framework that makes it so easy and we, I, I get it. I'm you, right? Like I've been there and I had an empowered team that I trained to help with this. You can literally batch out a month of content, have a team member do that in one day. And it's an 80, 20 rule. So you have 80% of your content ready to go with the stories and everything that you have saved. You can repurpose content. And then 20% is what's happening in real time, AKA, you know, your team member's birthday or celebrations, right? Because people on the outside through the little windows to the soul of your business, which is what it is, you know, they want to see those things. They want to follow and like feel your heartbeat of, of your practice. And I'm telling you with marketing agencies out there today, you know, they just like, why spend the money when our overhead is already so ginormous on someone that's putting all this content up that people aren't paying attention to. I think one, one argument you may hear from the sleep side is that, well, we have an older population that this gets worse as people age. And as a matter of fact, in, at the Medicare age, 65 and over, 50% of people have sleep apnea. So we get a lot of the older population coming through. I know I've read that in social media, that that's the, the largest growing population. I heard this even a couple of years ago. So you wouldn't say, oh, if you have an older population, then this wouldn't work for you. Oh my gosh, no. First of all, first of all, you're sending your content. You're going to send the content you create on Instagram through to your Facebook, right? So your Facebook population, which is a little bit of the older demographic, and but people are still, yes, definitely over on Facebook. So they'll still see your content, but there are so many, um, okay, so 50, the 50 bracket, 40s even, because of, and I'm sure you've seen this, just weight, stress, other things. I know people with severe sleep apnea 
in their 40s and now 50 that they didn't even know until two friends of mine, in fact, it didn't, we were not even aware of it until I stayed over with them, like in a hotel room in the same room. And I'm such a light sleeper that, you know, it was, it was so bad, but they went back and had sleep studies and, and, and wear CPAPs now, like the silent ones, which are so great to sleep in the same room with them now. Um, and I'm sure there's mouth appliances and things, like I said, again, not as familiar, but they're young and, and, or, Somebody on Instagram will know somebody, right? Maybe that's their parent, their aunt. My aunt snores too. On occasion, you know, my husband. I'm like, get out, you know? So I do feel like in today's world, I don't know. I'm sure you're seeing this so much more than just that older. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? We've seen, we see, I've had a couple this week, even 20-year-olds that have severe sleep apnea. So it's. Yes, and it's disruptive. It's disruptive. It's disruptive to, you know, like I said, to, to them and, and to the other person, if they have a partner and in such a disrupted society, they have so many things going on in our, our brain already. Um, you know, I, that's where I kind of fear. Um, you know, like I said, my, my mom actually, unfortunately, um, ended up with early set Alzheimer's and she is, um, now in a facility on Cape Cod and whatnot, but like sometimes my brain, you know, like for instance, if my husband were to start snoring, which happens <laughs> and I being the light sleeper, I am can't, you know, I'm kicking and I'm moving around and then he's not sleeping and he's already not getting a good pattern of sleep. And now he's really not sleeping and I'm not sleeping. And I've got, you know, a, a day, the, the following day where I need to focus. It's like, I worry for my brain. You know, I think of my mom as well. And I, that that's in the family and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is just not good but it wouldn't be good not to be in the same bed with my husband either. Right. Cause then the relationship. Right. Right. So there's a lot here to unpackage. Yeah. And I think, like you said, there are many stories and you can imagine all the stories that we could tell. Yes. So yeah. many, you could have an Instagram page where you literally just are telling the way we do Google reviews. And so I teach how to make Google reviews in Canva. You have a template really easy. You take Google reviews so people can see your reviews and you kind of like, bring them into your grid, but you could just literally have a grid of like all of your stories. If you have that many, because you have a full sleep practice. Can you imagine that's like people of New York, like the book, think of some storybooks, like, you know, where people would just be following this, like it, it I don't know. I just really think you could, you could touch a lot of people um, and change lives. And that's what this is about. I'm sure this is why you got into do what yep. you do. It is. It is. Yeah. But um, but this is why we have you coming out. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to be having you be part of the roundtable. It's uh, we haven't had a speaker like you before that I remember anyway, and that's over ten years. So oh, I'm excited. This is great. It's going to be great. Yeah, you're going to be speaking about marketing through Instagram, basically. But then you're going to be following that up with a few other things, like you've hinted at, right? Yeah. So. Um... So do not sleep on Instagram, right? Is kind of my, uh, my title. And yes, I, you know, what I want everyone to understand is that I, you know, people look at me now on social media and they're like, oh, but you're the unicorn. I am so not the happy unicorn. Yes, you know, I have been there and done all of the things and it, I have been in dark places with my practice. You know, like I said, I just had to find ways to, 
shift things and think out of the box and do things differently, which I did. And they worked for me. So I want to be able to, like I said, yes, share, you know, all of that basically with everybody and, you know, kind of teach you kind of some, some tips and tricks and some things you can do to, um, to lean in. Um, I would love to welcome, you know, Q and A. I would, I would much prefer speaking with people than at them. Um, I feel like, you know, whatever questions are going on in, in people's heads, the want, you know, the want to knows basically is where it's really at. But so we'll save some time for that at the end. And I hope people bring questions. And if they don't, then I can certainly talk through it. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, like I said, please bring every and any question you have around the why or the how, um, because I understand that the dentists, again, this is just one more thing that the dentists aren't taught, but I really, really believe um, that this has to become part of you know, wouldn't fall under practice management, but like part of the practice. I did social media management for dental practices, knowing how busy they were in the beginning when I was still running my practice and just realized very quickly that no one knows your story better than you or your team. And it's really important that you keep this in-house and empower a team member that's already on social media doing the things and loves it to to take probably it probably on your time right <laughs> right well i'm saying if, if your zone of genius if you love it and i have a lot of dentists that have have discovered they do believe it or not dentists that were like oh i don't want to do it but i know we have to that have learned to love this platform that are in my content club like they love it and it's it's awesome to see i actually had one just send me a message with her growth and because she started at zero and she's like well over a thousand and she's like look at my grid i'm so proud as she should be um you know, it's just, it's really, really exciting. And it's also something that's new and fresh for dentists to learn. I know a lot of, we're CE junkies, right? We love to, to come to these events. They're so great. We take away so many pearls, but then like, what about implementation, right? It's like, we go back and do we, do we implement those things? Like, this is something I want people to be able to take back and really implement. Like I said, and if they don't love it, that's okay. Someone on their team will, but someone has got to show up in today's world where we are, if you want to run a successful practice, if you want to be different right now, only 8%, I think it was Dental Town Magazine, only 8% of dental practices are doing marketing. So you have an opportunity to be way out in front when someone's searching for a sleep doc. Well, hello, there you are. If you start growing your brand now, when someone is looking between purchasing a practice A and practice B, and you have the brand equity established, even though that's not part of the, the package, right? They're more apt to lean into that to where people, like I said, are you know making their buying decisions, knowing there's gonna be a lot more growth. Wow, I didn't expect uh, this podcast to be so rich with information, but, <laughs> but I really appreciate you speaking with us today. My pleasure. Um, it's gonna be fantastic having you at the round table. I'm sure people are gonna pick up a lot of good information just from this podcast, but also, hearing you live and in person at the round table. So for those of you who have not registered yet, sleeproundtable.com, head over there, get registered. You can hear speakers almost as good as Dr. Emery, but <laughs> you definitely will enjoy hearing her. So thank you so much for being a part today and being a part in October at the round table. Thank you so much, such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Sleep Roundtable podcast. 
Don't forget to head to sleeproundtable.com to register for the 10th Annual Sleep Roundtable and to subscribe to our show. See you in Dallas in October.